Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sunday edition of Housing Information You Can Trust, right here for the next two hours. My name is Ken Carverly. I am the outside guy. Good morning, everybody. Chuck Breidenstine, the inside guy, and of course, we've got Danielle back at World Headquarters, uh, making us sound better than we probably should. Think so, huh? Oh, yeah. I've listened to you, and I've listened to me, and we just, we don't sound good, but... God bless Danielle. She'll stop make us it. sound good. Just stop it. Stop this show is mostly about our listeners, right? It is. So it if is. you're going to want to call anytime in the next two hours, we're going to take your call unless, of course, we're in a break. But 888-654-4897 is going to open the phone lines immediately. Otherwise, you get stuck with Ken and I talking. Who wants to hear that, right? I know. <laughs> My wife's not even awake yet. She doesn't care. Again, 888-654-GUYS <laughs> equals 888-654-4897. We will take any and all of your housing questions, no matter what they are, right? Okay, now you made a bold statement yesterday regarding the game today. Are you not going to watch it in your house? Probably not. Does your wife care at all? Not one bit. Uh, that makes a Not difference. Your bit. kids? Will they watch it? Actually, my my daughter, my uh, as you would call her, my middle daughter, texted me yesterday and asked me what we're doing for the game. My response was nothing at all. <laughs> and she didn't respond to me after that. Well, so. I guess you're boring. Yeah. How about how about Joel or, or Brendan? Oh, they'll watch the game. I, I think. would think so, yeah. yeah. They'll watch the game. Yeah. I, I just, you know what? I was... Tell you, man, I was the biggest Lions fan. I was the biggest NFL fan. I couldn't wait, couldn't wait for the season to start years ago. <laughs> you know, the first Monday night game, I'd watch it like crazy. But, man, they just, I hope they win. I'm a Lions fan, and I'd love to see them win the Super Bowl because I think it would do so much for this city. Which, by the way, they're not in today. I know, I know. But which, by the way, they should be in today. <laughs> God, it amazes me. And, I, you know, what's funny is because I'm a, when it comes to sports, I'm, Kind of superstitious. You and I are pretty fickle too. Yeah. If you're not winning, it's like okay, fine. And, and I, I will, I will agree. It's my fault why the Lions are not in the Super Bowl today. I'll just, I'll put it out there right now. It's my fault why they're not in the Super Bowl. Be careful. People well, can look up your address. The last game. <laughs> I'm not, Be careful. I ain't scared. My la the last game. I didn't even watch it when they were playing Frisco. I didn't even watch the game. Didn't even turn it on until after the first quarter. Oh, that's right. And then the second quarter was the best quarter of football I'd ever seen the Lions play and many other they couldn't drop anything they, every time they You're touched forgetting the ball the Andre Ware era the, the Joey Harrington era they were terrible then too no no this is they played actually a good quarter yeah, I know. and my son texts me a half dad you watching Lions and I went yeah they won. The Lions are going to. I literally texted the Lions are going to the Super Bowl at the half at the half a lot of people I, thought that <laughs> but you know what's funny is I it, Chuck it took until the very last game, <clears throat> until the halftime of the very last game, for me to get excited about the Lions this uh, season. And the second I do, <laughs> the second I do, SOL. So it is Same your old Lions. So it is my fault. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take blame. It is my fault. Okay. Well, we <laughs> solved that problem. So if you had to pick a team today. Boy, I, you know what? They're both bad teams. Well, the Niners beat the Lions. And the Lions beat, beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs. And the Chiefs beat Baltimore, who spanked the Lions. So go figure. It's I'm rooting for the Niners today. Just, are you just for because. Niners? Well, I I'd just probably because. take the Niners because they got a couple Michigan guys in there. Well, there you go. Yeah, Ronnie Bell and the the the, the kicker. But uh Oh yeah. They drafted him. He's done well. <laughs> Can't think of the kid's name. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'll think of it. I'll think of it. But, so yeah, I guess fun. if I have a choice, I'd... It's I'd, an event. And Rieger said uh, there's rumors that uh, Taylor's already in San Fran, her in Vegas, on her overnight 13-hour flight after her concert in Tokyo. If so. she was smart, she wouldn't even go. If she was smart, she'd just, just stay home and watch Ken. it. You don't remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. That's She's funny. in love. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, let's start the show. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. Let's discuss... This past week's article in the Detroit News Homestyle section, because I thought it was a great article, Chuck. It, was, it really was. Um, once in a while, we hit it out of the park. Yeah, once in, a while, once in a while, we get it. And building an economical house. And here's what people are doing now, Chuck, because of the I, – I think a lot, of the, a lot of the houses that are selling are selling to older couples who are paying cash right now. It's getting out of it. Yeah. But a lot of people are seeing what the rates are, and they're going, Let, let's build a house. We can build a house and save money and, and make some ec- sweat equity, which is true. But if someone's if never smart. built a house before, they really need to be careful. Oh, big time. You and I have – we discuss this a lot. We love talking about stuff like this yes. when we're not on the air. So we'll sit and chat about stuff like this. And I'm actually sketching, I told Ken, a house plan for my youngest, who's graduating from Central in a couple of months, uh, just for him to play with and react to. Mm-hmm. But it's based on that article. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the idea was to give them as much house as possible for as few dollars as possible and something that would be desirous on the aftermarket if and when they choose to sell sure. it. Sure, know? sure. Yep. It's kind of a combination of all all the above, if you will. And our article reflects that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. One of the most important steps of deciding to build a house is the dirt. What you call the dirt, the land. Boy. I is. remember when my bride and I, we decided we were in Waterford. We decided we wanted to build a house. We wanted to get out into the country. Now, what year, roughly? 97. Okay. Somewhere in that area. And her and I, and I'm a big believer, Chuck, if I want to look for something, if I want to find something, I, I can just name so many times in my lifetime where I've done this. I'll look online, I'll look in the paper, but nothing beats getting on the road and looking for the property. Big believer, whatever you're looking for, it's out there. It's out there. Yeah. And that's what I've always done. Her and I probably spent a week just driving around and I'll talk about how we how we decided on our final piece of property we purchased. And we'll analyze your decision. We will. We may embarrass you a little Let's bit. do that. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> I have no problem with that. No hey, there's a lot of people that have an old house with a leaky basement and you got to have somebody in there you trust to give you valid ethical information and not overcharge you. Two things, the roof and the basement. People go, "Oh no, this is going to cost me a fortune." Yep. Well, they're never if they start leaking, they're never going to get better on their own. But we have a customer or a client you can trust in Foundation Solutions 360s. Anything you need for your basement or foundation, you should contact Foundation Solutions 360. Welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you being with us. I want to remind you, if you want to participate, 888-654-4897. We'd love to hear from you. But before we went to break, Ken was talking about dirt. Yeah, we're discussing the article that we writ- that we wrote, and we write one every Friday in the Detroit News Homestyle section. And discussing, if you decide to build a house, what are some of the, what are some of the questions, Chuck, that you need to put down right at the beginning if you decide to build a house? And one of them is, do you want to live in a subdivision with a sewer, or do you want to live in the country with a septic? Yeah. And so many Dirt people. Dirt road, paved road. 
No dirt roads tax for me base. ever again. <laughs> you and I tax both. base. Right, exactly. That's that's great point. So my wife and I in '97, we probably spent a month looking for property. And what's really crazy is we found some property, which isn't bad actually. A month. No, no, it's not. Today it could be a year. At the end of a dirt dead end road in Brandon Township, Michigan. And when we first got there, there were two lots for sale. No, I'm sorry. There were two lots. One was already sold. And we, one was really close to power lines. So we're like, nope. So they were already subdivided? Yeah, but they were in the country. Right. Yeah, and they were divided. Yeah, two lots. Guy owned both properties. But they were legally divided. You didn't have to mess with that. Exactly. Okay. So when we came back and realized the one we wanted was for sale... It, it looked like all woods to us, so I took a walk, and as soon as I walked through the woods, there was a big opening that was just perfect for a house, just perfect. And, of course, we made the deal. But before we made the deal, I had to check see if it was perked, if the property perked. Now, what's that mean? So it, I knew we're not, we weren't going to be on city sewer, so we had to do a septic field. And to get property to perk, it can't be clay. Above everything else, it can't be clay. It has to be... A, a soil like a sand or a gravel or a drainable soil, correct? So the first couple places that we dug a test hole did not perk too much clay. And, and by the way, the consequences of not perking, if I could not find a sp- place to perk, I would have to do what's called an engineered septic field, which means I could do a septic field, but it's going to cost me probably two or three times the amount of what a regular one would cost. Yeah. So we finally found the spot that perked way out in front of the property. And it's funny because once I was done, there was a stream that ran between the perked area and my house that was dried up when they gave me approval. And once it was done, he came out and goes, that stream wasn't here before. I go, no, but the pathway was. You could tell it was a stream. I couldn't tell it was a stream because if I knew it was a stream, you wouldn't have got this perked. Okay. <laughs> I didn't care at that point. Down it's, the road. It's, it's perked. So we, so we got the perk. Yeah, yeah. So we got it to perk, and uh, you know, we built the house. And I, I, I'll tell you, Chuck, when I built the house, when I started building, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no <laughs> idea. We wound up doing a, um, a four-piece manufactured house, but I did everything else. I mean, I, I built the wraparound ports, the decks, the driveways, basement, the basement, the foundation, the drain system, the septic field. I had to put a um, a separate tank in my septic system to grind out any solids and shoot them under the stream and into the into the uh, field. Do you remember by any chance what you spent on that septic back then, roughly? No, because I did it all myself. You know, there was a budget involved, but I bet you at the time for everything it wouldn't have been more than four or five thousand dollars because I did everything myself. Yeah. You know, but if I would have had to hire it out, twenty five, thirty, probably. Sure. In that point. Sure. So <clears throat> I did everything myself, and it worked out great. We loved it. What I wish I would have done is built it a little bit bigger because we wound up having another child once we moved into this house, and it didn't last that long. But it was, a, it was, a, it was fun. It was um, a major learning experience, just a major learning experience. <laughs> but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. I'd do it again. No, and I think you're of a different ilk than a lot of people, and I don't mean to insult anybody that's not you, but it – is a very stressful, time-consuming. Uh, marriages fail over Thank you. things like that. Um, there's a lot of. We could write three more articles just on pr- the psychology of doing something Weak like that. Marriages fail, stuff like that. My wife and I, before we started, 
she trusted me to take care of everything on the outside. And she said it. She knows she knows how good I was at the landscaping and that kind of stuff. And I trusted her on the inside. All I said to her is give me one room in the basement and you can design the entire house. I didn't care because I trusted her. And we had zero arguments. We really had zero arguments. That's amazing. <laughs> that really is. Yeah, especially at the age where hey, let's go to the phone. Don't want to ignore our callers. Let's talk to Pete in Franklin. Good morning, Pete. You're on with the guys. Hi guys. Hey, hey I had bud. a couple questions. One yesterday, uh, you had a concrete company. I think they rent equipment, and they, they I think they do it all. Um, I didn't catch their name, and then I had another question too. Well, Brickworks Property Restoration um, is who we would recommend for 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 concrete. Where are they out of? They're out of uh, the east side, uh, but they go everywhere. They actually have equipment where they mix the concrete on site. They have trucks where they can mix the concrete on site, which helps them control the load a lot better. Oh, I see. Interesting. Um, Also, I live on a ranch at the slab, and I put these rain chains on the house. I took the downspouts out. And I'm kind of having this uh, humidity issue now. I think it's called rising damp, possibly. Yeah, I got to tell you, those things are really cool. They're pretty. They're all kinds of, but they don't take water away from the foundation, which your exterior water management system, gutters and downspouts being the major part of that, are supposed to do. Um Really, you need to get that water the heck away from the house. You know, put hang a wind chime if you want something outside to give you a little character. But those rain chains, even on an exterior garage, they might be more appropriate. But but having that water next to the foundation, Ken has talked in in weeks gone by, just having it in the soil when it freezes can destroy the foundation of a garage. You know, you won't get water in the basement but you still have a, a foundation that starts to go to heck in a handbasket. So our suggestion would be the rain chains are cool, but sell them at a garage sale, put some good uh, downspouts in and some good downspout extensions, get that water away from the house. Yeah, Hope that helps. I don't want to figure. Got to go to break, buddy. Hope that helps. Thank you. Appreciate that call. That was a good call, actually. Yeah, it really was a yeah. good call. And, and speaking of the rain and getting away from your house, Pro Home Improvement has great gutter system. And we trust him. We trust Tim Percassi, yes. He's been a team partner since 2010, Chuck, since the old Silverdome Home Show. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, well, he does what he's <laughs> supposed to. He does what he says he'll do, and he uses the G word all the time. Guarantee to make you happy. You need new siding, new windows, new gutters, new roof. Pro Home Improvement. Hey, buddy, appreciate you being with us today. We invite you to call with any question. We're talking about the article in the Detroit News Home Style section from this past Friday because it talks all about houses and the considerations you should have if you're going to build a house. But it doesn't just apply to building, right? in all honesty. Right, right. It's a great article. People should check it out. They can find it at the Detroit News, obviously, or the InsideOutsideGuys.com, the Inside Outside Guys on Facebook. So how big was the piece of dirt you bought back in 97? It was it was four acres total, but about an acre was cleared. Okay. Yeah. Did you have to put in a culvert or anything at the road? Yes. No, and not the road. Actually, through my driveway, I had to put a culvert in my driveway because that stream I was telling Oh, there about. wasn't a ditch at the road? Nope. Well, that's rare. 
No, because I mean everything. It, it all went to a stream that took it far away from the property at that point. But no, I did not have to do that. I tell you, what what was really cool is I started to uh, work on the property in late January of 1998, and I had a friend who worked for a quite large asphalt company that dropped me off a bulldozer and a backhoe. Oh, that's for right. For free for three months. Which is amazing. Why they weren't using them. Oh, saved me thousands and thousands, thousands, thousands of dollars. dollars. And to be honest with you, I never run either one of them at that point. How far off the road did the house sit roughly? Uh, 100 yards. 100 yards. So you had to build 100 yards of driveway. Oh, yeah, and take down the trees. Yeah, we actually had to cut down the trees. Yeah. And we'd, cut them out about, we'd cut them down at about four foot high, obviously, yep. if we had more leverage to pull up the stumps out. Yep, which is a technique. Yep, yep. And, and it's it, funny because... People pay extra for treed lots without realizing they've got to clear the most of the trees to have yeah, a house in a septic. It really wound up being the perfect lot because it was once you once I cleared out for the driveway, it actually all went uphill, and uh, we had to put the um, the fabric down. Okay, because it was muddy as could be, so we had to put the road fabric down. Then we started with the large chunks. You, you start with really large chunks, softball, baseball-sized chunks. Like of, the Romans. Yes, of crushed concrete because yeah. that locks together. And then you put the 21AA over top of that. And that we never had an issue with that. That fabric is huge. It is. It is. Uh, we've done articles on uh, synthetic geotextiles, of which that is one and they stabilize the soils uh, over time, like you. You were using that as a driveway. Right. So you're going to have concentrated loads, lumber, deliveries, you know, concrete. Unbelievable. Trucks. Yeah. At one point, we, we had one day where the entire day my wife sat out in the driveway and directed trains of dirt. Sure. Backing them in, and she just backed them all in. And <laughs> yeah. The guys didn't mind at all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was busy doing something on the other side of it, and that's all they did every day. They'd, we would have loads of trucks lined up down the road just sure. to, to back it all in. And I had the equipment to smooth it all out. And, everything and you're else. lucky you did. Uh, the, as the article says, that's a very expensive procedure. Um, normally, when you take a drive to any public way, county roads, city roads, certainly state road, there are specifications that will apply that will cost you money right. because they are very, and they should be, fussy about tie-ins. Right. You know, it's a private road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were lucky. I mean, because I mean, the water drainage issue, the the ditch that I mentioned earlier. You know, if if you putting in a driveway causes that road to flood periodically, and you know during the year, that can be a danger to traffic. Right. Obviously, yeah. makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, so so that's a real big issue, and again, it's one of those hidden costs people don't think about, and the tree thing. Paying more for the lot because it's got all trees than cutting down all the trees. It's like, oh shoot! <laughs> My wife would not let me cut down one extra tr one tree that was not necessary. She yep. loved the trees, and all we had to cut was the trees for the driveway. That's it. Not Once for we the got septic. Uh, uh, yes, yes. I for the septic field, I had to take down some trees. Okay, yes. Usually, that is part of that. But what was amazing is in the springtime when the leaves came up, you couldn't even see the road. I mean, it was a Beautiful lot, just absolutely beautiful lot. That's cool stuff. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it. But then again, I once I finished it, I still worked on it to the day I left. Now, did you have natural gas out there? Nope, we had propane. Did you have public water or have to drill a well? We had to drill a well, and we obviously had electricity. Yeah. 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 So we talked about that. I mean, bringing electricity back a 1,000, 100 Happy yards. Day. 
is an expensive proposition because there's maximum distance they'll space those poles if you're going overhead underground obviously is more, even more expensive natural gas versus propane is going to add to your cost of living right obviously right because it's a less efficient fuel and drilling a well today well it's always been kind of an iffy proposition you, know, you get a bid on a, a minimum depth that includes bringing the water into the house putting, you know, having a pump and all that kind of stuff, mobilizing the equipment. But if they don't get a good water source, let's say they priced you 150 feet of depth and you don't get good water until 285, right? you're going to pay that extra. Right. And I love wells, had a lot of them, done a lot of them, but those are all hidden costs you don't think about when you buy that piece of dirt. Well, Chuck, can't they just look at the neighbor and ask the neighbor how far his well went down? Uh, that, that's a great <laughs> question. You know, it's funny because... The old well drillers, the guys my age and even younger, your age, they, they'll tell you, well, we drilled a well, you know, two houses east of you back in 88, and it was this. And they'll tell you. They'll, they'll tell you what they went through, how many feet of clay, how many feet of stone, how many feet of whatever, and what volume they had. But it in no way guarantees, obviously, as, as you know. I think that one, we get. went down 90 feet when we hit when we hit water but they made it clear and that's one thing that we need to make people aware of because so many people are saying you know what we're not going to buy we're going to build there are costs like this no matter what you budget for you cannot control and people need to know that you know you and i are famous for telling people whatever you budget it put 20 percent more oh it can be scary especially on the front side like that so you went down 90 and what what happened hit water also, oh, you had a good water. good flow there. Yeah, yeah, we had very good flow there. Were you into rock or were you into stone? I don't remember, but I really don't okay. remember. It was a long time ago. Uh, people should know uh, today. You're, those well drillers will be required to create a well log, and that will be filed with the state of Michigan. So you can literally look and in Michigan State University. Why is that important? Oh my gosh, because they'll tell you how many feet of what types of soil you went to and where the well head is, in what type of soil, how far into it. Um, ideally, you get into a rock formation because nothing will plug up over time in rock. And the rock in Michigan that's underneath us is limestone, which is very porous. So you're more likely to get a flow of water through that over time consistently. Porous and soft. If it were you know hard granite, like if you were down in Arkansas or something, you know. Good point, yeah. Um, so looking at well logs, having a well driller that knows the area is huge um even though they can't guarantee anything uh they're going to give you a better idea what's down there so 30 years down the road the homeowners have an issue with their well yeah they can go to the county and they get a record of when the well was done and there's so much of that we had we had a listener this week email us about having some water in her basement and she knows it was she had it done years ago with a lifetime warranty but she didn't have the information our advice was if they pulled a permit, that information will be at your local city. So if you've had water. Local building department. Sorry, yeah. yeah, local building department. So if you've had water issues in your basement and you've had a system put in, that's the first place you should go is to your local building department. You know, even before you buy a house, it's not a bad idea if you're looking at one seriously to go down to the building department and ask if they have a copy of the original permit yeah. and plans and just put, make that a part of your file. Yeah, you're right. Well, I like that idea. The original builder will be on there. Uh, the subs that pulled permits might be on there. Some will, some won't. If it was a state permit, they wouldn't be there. They would be at the state level. Right. right. A lot of times uh, in jurisdictions, maybe you don't have a local electrical inspector, 
but the, so the state it, it reverts automatically to the county or the state, and you may have to go there to get the copy of the original electrical permit to find out who did that work. But good to have. It's a paper chase, but it's, it's also very interesting and convenient when you need it. Right, right, right. What I would do different today if I was building the house, that's still find the right same piece of property. But I wouldn't. Do, I would not do a block foundation because I wanted to, because I was a mason. Sure, it was easy to do a block foundation. We and then, a lot of them. Yeah. And I tell you this. I told the story before. Is once the foundation was done, I decided that I wanted to, what's called core fill the block. I wanted to fill those block with concrete and rod and rod. A lot of rod. Yep. Just rod make, and core. Just to make it stronger. Yep. So I contacted a concrete company and I asked the. the think a general manager to come out at the time and take a look because it was real wet. It was probably March. And I will finish this story when we get back from break because it is a really good story what happened with that concrete. It could have. Now, if I don't think it's a good story, should I tell you afterwards? Yeah, you can tell me. Okay. Yeah, people can send us emails. Terrible story, Kat. <laughs> Terrible story. You and I love the story of an older couple that wanted to stay safely in their home and, and contacted a really good company that understands those issues and converted the house an added value and safety to the home. You know, Chuck, you're talking about barrier-free plus. If I was in my 50s and I wanted them to come in just to do a regular remodel, I would have them incorporate, especially if I knew I was going to live there for the rest of my life, I'd have them incorporate some of the agent-in-place stuff does. Barrier-free plus is an expert, expert at keeping people in their homes. Welcome back, everybody, and you, the listener. Without you, we got nothing. 888-654-4897. Is that Toto? Rosanna? Rosanna. I'm not sure if that's Toto who sings that or not. I have no idea. Danielle, Dave, anybody know? <laughs> Dave gave us Jake Moody as the kicker from U of M. I don't know how I forgot that, but great kicker. He really is. I don't know how you forgot it. You're an H, old man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's amazing to me, Chuck. When I was younger, I could bid a job. I didn't have to write down anything about that job. I knew where it was. I remembered the price. I knew the materials. Now we're doing an interview. A question pops in my head. If I don't write it down, it pops out that much quicker. <laughs> I used to have all these files. My truck was effectively my office, right. and I, I didn't need them because I did the estimate, and I, I was like you. Yeah. It was all memorized. It was all in my head. And as time went by, it's like, Oh, shoot, that one ain't there. Megs of RAM are full. <laughs> you got to look it up. <laughs> yeah, my random access memory is full. So you promised us a really good story. Well, we're talking about building a house, and, and what we've been hearing from a lot of people is because of the interest rates, there, no one's in a hurry to get in a house anymore. They may as well take a look at building a house and really want to make sure people talk about all the unexpected things that are in building a house because we mentioned earlier – you know, you dig a well, and you may be counting that being 70 feet and costing you eh, $10,000. Well, when they get down there, it winds up being 170 feet and costs you $25,000. So those are costs that you can't expect, but you somehow have to budget for when you're building a house. So I decided not to do what's called a poured wall where crews come in. They form up these walls. They pour the walls. I'm a mason. I did the spread footings myself, and I built the walls out of a 12-inch cinder block. And then when I was done, I decided to core fill the block with concrete. Now, you cannot use regular concrete because if you can think about it, as the concrete's going down there, those stones will just plug those holes up. So we had to get a pea pebble mix, a very yeah, fine a mix. 
High cement slurry. Yes. Yeah. So it was in March, April time frame, and I knew I was wet around the foundation because anytime if, if if you've ever worked in those job sites in April, May, March, February, you get home and you scrape the mud off your boots. Your your legs get so strong because you're just carrying around so much mud. So I had called the manager of a concrete transit company out to make sure he could core fill the block because you can only start in one area and then you got to work your way around it. He came out, took a walk around the, the job site, and says, yeah, our trucks won't get stuck in this. So the next morning, truck comes out, starts in the very front corner off the driveway, and fills in, you know, 20 feet each side of that corner. <clears throat> At that point, I'm stuck. I have to finish the job. And, of course, it gets in, it gets on the ground, and starts moving around to the back corner, and it gets stuck. So stuck. And they could, don't just get stuck. They get buried. They get buried. Yeah. He wasn't moving. And then what they had to do is bring another truck out to try to pull that. And, of course, he brought a load out for me while he was there to try to pull that truck out. What happened to that truck? It got buried. So I had two almost full concrete trucks buried in my yard, which was tearing apart my yard. So That's the least of it. They have to, And here's the thing. I've already got a corner of my block filled. I have to fill the rest or that corner is going to be so so much heavier. So they call a wrecker out, and then the manager comes out that was there the day before. And the first thing he does is jump out of his truck, runs over to his guys, and starts screaming at his guys at just top of his breath. And I remember I was sitting in my truck because I know all the drivers, okay? I had relationships with all the drivers because sure. we poured concrete. So yeah. I knew these guys. They were great guys. And I'm sitting in my truck doing something. I see him yelling, and I jump out of my truck. I run over to him, and I just start. <laughs> given this guy the business. A little business. bit of testosterone flowing. Oh, my job. goodness, because he came out. I said, what are you blaming them for? You were here yesterday, and you told me they would make it. And a good and driver never intentionally drives into an area like that. Never. never. Tears up the rigs. And I I remember getting so angry with him, I kicked him off the property. I said, get out. You're done. Leave. Get out. And the drivers were just so happy that I did that. They just really, sure. it's like he had no right to get upset with you. So then what I had to do is I had to order a concrete pump truck, which which put another $2,500 oh, on my budget. Exactly. And the concrete company wasn't going to pay for it. Nope. But I had to get those filled. Then you had a, to empty the trucks to get them out. Well, no, they drove away full. I didn't want that concrete at that point. How'd you get so, them out there? How'd you get them out? The, the wrecker came out. A big, big wrecker came out and pulled them oh, out. Of, pulled them out. Lord. Giant wrecker. By that time, stuff was probably already getting close to set up in the truck. I did exactly. not want it on my job. They didn't dump it on the site, eh? Nope. Wow. Nope. <clears throat> I wouldn't let them dump them on the site. I mean, I didn't have the, I didn't have the guys there. I tell you what, if I would have thought about it, I probably could have done it on the driveway, but I didn't have the guys there to finish sure. it. Um, and then I had to get a pump truck, and that's one of those costs that. I didn't count on yeah. the septic system. Now Once the pump I, truck allowed you to keep the trucks away from the foundation and remotely pump the concrete exactly. to the foundation. It stayed on the driveway. Just for our listeners. Thank you. It stayed on the driveway. The concrete truck dumped its load into another truck, which then pumped it into a right. hose, and I did it in. You see those on large commercial sites, bridges in particular, all the time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. 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 And then another cost, of course, was the um, grinding system, the pump grinding system I had to put into my septic field. And that's a cost that nobody would have known when we started the job. So when we tell people when you do a large project, 
set your budget, but then give yourself a 20% cushion. Which is a lot of money. I think it's fair. Was you? It's a ton of money. Well, it certainly can be in that situation. Um, I mean, 20%, if we were talking to our kids tomorrow, and they're going to build a, let's say they're stretching to build a $250,000 home, 20% of that is one heck of a lot of money, Yeah. right? Yeah. You know, uh, that's a heck of a lot of money. And it may be a deal killer. So a part of that is to, like we suggest in the article, if you buy a developed lot, right, then you get rid of a 90% lot of, of those things you're talking about right now. You know, the curb cuts already been done, you know, at the road. Uh, there's a sewer lead brought onto the site. There's a gas lead brought onto the, the site. There's a water lead brought onto the site. Those are huge potential expenses that are part of the cost of the lot. So they're locked in. They're not going to change. Right. Right. You know, as yours did. Right. Uh, so you're not drilling a well and hoping. You're not building a septic or getting a perk test. And I mean, all that stuff. Nothing wrong with it. We've done a lot of it. And that but, goes to, you know, know which, what house you're buying. Are you going to yeah. be on uh, what Chuck's talking about? Or are you going to have to do it all yourself like what I did? Yeah. Yeah. And we've had fun doing both. But the cost issue is uh, controlling cost for any person or building company is huge and when things are taken out of your hands like that that can be i i could could see lawsuits over that concrete two loads you're going i'm not paying for those your driver your driver drove in there and got stuck and i'm not paying for that you know fifteen hundred dollar wrecker to come that came and got them out of there oh he tried to get me to do it he literally i'm sure he he tried to get me to pay for it yeah and there's the dozer right there a lot of times i'll go those are right there, you know, just pull you know, a chain. You go, no, I'll be my like I'll pull your differential off and they'll sue me for $100,000 to replace the truck. I mean, there's just so many things. If you're out there and oh. you're considering building a house or a major addition. And it's fun to do. And it is, well, it is fun to do for people like us. But, but, but. <laughs> there's got to be a lot of trust involved. Give us a call, 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. So people who have a good budget, Chuck, what kind of society, what kind of facade would you, you think? Know, you're creating your specification for that new house or even the existing one. You know, you want to put a premium, no-maintenance product on that will look snotty, that your neighbors will envy, that you never have to touch again. I have not seen, I mean, a, a siding that looks as good as the Diamond Coat product ever, ever, and how easy it is to install. So if you're considering a new facade for your house or building, please consider Diamond Coat. Welcome back, everybody. We do appreciate you being with us. Hey, I want to remind you, uh, this time of year is not a bad idea, especially the weather as mild as it is, to get out there and silicone the rubber on your car, your doorstops. Well, Just take good. a rag, spray silicone on it, and... You know, go and the wiper blades on your kind of rehydrate them. Yeah, you're thinking. Yeah, yep, that makes sense. It's a good time of year to do it. Uh, It's a it's a putzing type job that anybody can do when the weather's halfway decent and it'll serve you well over time. Tell you what, when the weather's this good this time of year, I am outside. I actually was working outside last week in my t-shirt. Were you in February? Lane Brick. I love that. Right? Yeah, Yeah. helping out my son. Yeah, good time. Isn't that cool? It is. It is. I worked with both of my sons, and any chance I get to do that. You know, before we get back to the article and building an economical home, you mentioned uh, carbon monoxide detectors, but we really didn't give it its due. You bought 
A combination unit? Yes. Two weeks ago, I bought a combination unit. Yes. Did you buy one, two? One. one. Where'd yeah. you put it? In the kitchen, kitchen hallway. Okay. Yes, and we have, you know, the kitchen. Is that has... near the stairwell? Yep. Yep. It's actually in, in front of the basement stairwell and behind the stairwell going upstairs. So, okay. Yeah, it's right Good. there. Yep. Good. And uh, we just did, uh, the one we had was old, and you got to replace those over over so long. Yep. It's already up, and I'm guessing it's working. <laughs> They're not really expensive. Do you remember no. what we paid? 30 bucks? If that. Okay. If that. Yeah, they were not very expensive at all. Yeah. I don't think I've even paid close to that, buddy. We plug one in right at the base of our uh, stairway that goes upstairs to the bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And there's a heat supply register right there. And we plugged a CO2 detector, CO detector, right there. <laughs> you know uh, what? Thank you. I, I, I do that in my writing. Yeah, CO, you're right. Yeah, Big difference. Yeah. And the idea is it's going to, it, it, it's a heavy uh poison but it's going to be pushed by the you know heating supply system right so if you have it right by a supply duct you're most likely to catch it do you remember all the hassle we got over a commercial spot we had a couple of years ago when it came to that it was one of our listeners telling us that we made her aware that she had a carbon monoxide problem oh, in her house i do know you say it yeah. and we had so many emails people telling us we were basically wrong that CO was colorless and orderless, and that woman would have had no idea that she would have had it in her house. Oh, that's right. That's what I was trying to think what the what the issue was. Yeah, that people were debating. Yeah, yeah, and they were wrong. They were yeah. all wrong. You know, on what's uncombustible. Um, she swore there was an issue with and headaches. It doesn't matter why she felt there was one. She got a test, and there was one. Right. Right. But everybody was picking nits on that <clears throat> instead of focusing on the bigger issue that. We need to be aware if there's carbon monoxide. And if she has a very small leak in her house and she starts getting headaches, that's where you go to. That's, I mean, you, you look at the symptoms. You don't have to smell it to know that you're having an issue. <laughs> you look at the symptoms, and those were the symptoms. And, and she credited us for saving our lives. I, I don't know if we did that, but it made sense when we were hearing that call that that was going to be her issue, and yeah. it was. And I thought it was worth revisiting. You can buy them in any big box, some Menards, uh, Home Depot, whatever, Lowe's. It, it's good to have them, and it makes sense to have them. Question for you, Chuck, because you've built quite a few houses in your career. <clears throat> Is there that much of a profit margin for a builder once he's done building a house? There should be. There should be. What kind of percentage would you like to see? I'll tell you what I found out. Um, Boy, that's a tough question, too, because, I mean, are you talking about a $3 million house or a $200,000 house? Because let's just play with percentages. Let's Absolutely. say you could actually generate a 10% net profit, net being you paid for everything, right? Let's say you could. Okay. On a $200,000 house, that's twenty grand. You could easily invest a year of your time in that. Right, right. $2 million house, that's, what, $400,000? right. Or two hundred thousand dollars. That's with the same entirely year. different, right? With arguably not the same, but very similar amount of work. But are you going to be happy with a ten percent profit? That's about all the market bears for new housing. Yuck! Yeah, I know. Yuck! That's not. I mean, this just doesn't no. seem like a lot for that much work. Well, and what I found out, it took me a while. Uh, custom homes didn't have a better margin not appreciably than spec homes now spec homes were literally i go out and build that whole house and then sell it right i don't have a buyer a custom home is where 
I engaged Ken and his wife, and we spent all Chuck, here are our plans. Planning, yeah. inspecting, and pricing, and she changed her mind, and then I changed my mind, and then we had a fight, and, and, and at the end of the day, I invest a lot more energy in that house for not a lot more money. Right. So I started specking homes after that. It's like, this is stupid. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, you build it. When it's done, we'd have people come in halfway through a spec home and go, I want to buy it now, but yeah. I want you to finish it. We go, nope, not for sale. <laughs> It'll be done, It'll well, be done no, in three on. months. <laughs> if you would say, okay, I'll do that, but you can, you have no input in what goes on from here, I do what I want to do. Which is still. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. I always said if, if you could, if when remodeling a house, I could afford to put in there to send you and your wife on a cruise while we were gutting your home and redoing it. And when you came back, there it is. It's done. Right. That would be the way to do it. But obviously, that's not realistic. 888-654-GUYS, which equals 888-654-4897. Phone lines are wide open. We'll take any and all your housing questions. You know, we're getting a lot of people asking us about water heaters and tankless units and and that type of thing, the plumbing issues that are out there. And if you listened, what, a week ago, we had Ron Alexander from Shelby Mechanical. The absolute this. expert. The absolute expert. The starting point for any of that stuff is to have a great company. And Ken and I really believe in Shelby Mechanical. Welcome back, everybody. Appreciate you being here. You know, it, uh, times have changed. A couple hundred years ago, around Detroit, the main roads were actually leased to privately run companies that created plank roads that cost a thousand to three thousand dollars per mile. Which, again, two hundred years ago, right? So that's a couple million today. That's Ken money. <laughs> but builders, uh, it's interesting. Every five miles would have a little toll house, and you had to pay to use those plank roads, but they radically cut down drive time between, you know, Ann Arbor and Detroit. Right, right. It's just amazing to realize we were doing that. 20 cattle cost you two cents per mile. How, what was that? 20 cattle, a score of cattle. <laughs> really? Isn't that amazing? That is crazy. That's crazy. Cheaper, cheaper. I wonder why. 888-654-GUYS <laughs> equals 888-654-4897. Phone lines are open. Let's talk to Jim in Toledo. Good morning, Jim. You're on with the guys. Morning, guys. How you doing today? Good. Have How a you quick doing? question for you. Shoot. I have a garbage disposal that all of a sudden decided it didn't want to dispose. Um. It just won't turn on. It actually shut off completely. I found the reset button. I hit that, and I can hear the motor wanting to go, but it doesn't. I inspected the inside. There's nothing in there that I can see that would be blocking it. I know there's an Allen wrench, um, you know, crank it backwards and release whatever is blocking the blades. Is that right in the middle of the uh, disposal at the bottom, of course? Um, I, I want to see if I can fix it before I have to replace it because we're selling the house. 
So you're getting power to it. You hear it hum when you turn I, on. I hear the motor trying to turn on. Okay, and that's a direct drive motor. Uh, I don't know how old it is, if it has brushes or if it, it's a it's, uh, I think it's a, sink, a sinkerator, if I'm not mistaken. Do you know how old it is, roughly? No, yeah, probably 10. So, yeah, it's probably brushless. But if it's not rotating and you can't free it up using that Allen screw, because, again, it's just a single-shaft direct drive motor, uh, and, and and if the, the electricity is to it, but it's not actually turning the motor, but you can hear something jamming that up. Yeah, like it's like it's blocked by something, mm-hmm. like something is stopping it from turning. Well, the first thing I looked for was a, a washcloth that went down. Okay. There is nothing in there um, that I can see. I'm going to do some more inspection. But I don't see anything. I reach my hand down in there, um, not with the motor on. But you got the um, washcloth out, correct? There was no washcloth. Oh, okay. I'll tell you something else, too. It's pretty easy to drop those down Yeah, from the bottom it. of the sink. Uh, yeah. It's a couple threaded fittings, uh, and, and usually it's real easy. If you could take that off and test it to see if it worked where you could actually hold it in your hand. And again, you got to be careful. You got to know what you're doing. So, you know, be very careful. But that's probably what I would do if I thought I had power to it, but didn't have good visual access to it. Right. I mean, if you're going to, I consider myself, go ahead. I consider myself an advanced weekend warrior. I am not a <laughs> professional. Okay. You're like a lot of us. <laughs> I mean, that's that's an option for you if you feel comfortable doing it. If not, you know, you're gonna either go buy a new one and install it for sixty to a hundred bucks, or you're gonna pay a plumber to do it for two hundred bucks. And send for no, I would uh, I would do it myself. I've done them before. I just don't oh. want to. No, we get it. But like Chuck was saying, if you take it out now and test it, you know, if you got to replace it anyway, it's got to come out. So take it out, Correct. test it, you put it back in. If you if it works, if not, grab a new one. And if you've done it before, you know they're pretty easy to take out. That's yes, thing, they are. That's one except thing that I for climbing underneath the cabinet. Yeah, except for climbing you, underneath that the gets cabinet. Harder and harder. <laughs> yeah, that's not uh, easy on I'm, the neck. I'm I'm catching up to you, Chuck. <laughs> I do not like. I hey, do not like climbing under cabinets. Yeah, that's hard for me, too. I'm somewhat claustrophobic anyway. But, you know, even the shoulders, if you got bad shoulders, reaching up above your head to do that work can be difficult for some people as you get older and yeah, weaker. Absolutely. Yep. But notwithstanding no, all that, it's a pretty simple thing to do if you're an advanced weekend warrior, as you say. I know how to do it. I don't want to do it. So I was hoping <laughs> you could, well, first of all, whoever installed this one didn't leave the Allen wrench. So now I have to find the correct Allen wrench. And it's easy. I mean, um, you could go to Harbor Freight for five bucks and buy a set of Allen wrenches. You know, I mean, Oh, I have your... a whole set. I oh, just, okay. 
but it, it is the Allen wrench hole directly in the center at the bottom? Typically, yes. Okay. That was my question. Oh, sorry. We didn't mean to not listen well. <laughs> well, no. I kind of went sideways on you, too. Yeah, so see if that but works for you. Let us know. Stay in touch. If I can turn it backwards and it turns back on, then I sell the house and I'm done with it. <laughs> That's true. You got it. You got it. Hey, Jim, we got another call we have to get to. Thank you very much, buddy. We appreciate it. Right. Have your a phone great call. day, guys. Love the show. God you bless well. you. Thank you. you. Um, Luca from Southeast Michigan will get to your question when we get back in break, along with taking your other, anyone else's questions, 888-654-4897. You know, if it was an electrical issue, if that GFCI that that was plugged into under the sink was faulty, we'd send them right to a professional electrician. Like Bratchery Electric. Yeah. We get so many emails from people who need help with light switches, fans, standby generators, and if you live down there by Bradshaw Electric, that's who we're always going to refer to you because they've been a team part of the inside-outside guy since day one. Bratcher Electric. And you, our listeners, 888-654-4897. Is Lucas still on the line with us? Luke, I'm there? back and forth to the hardware store. I'm here. Can you hear me? <laughs> what hardware store? <laughs> oh, Home Depot. <laughs> the, uh, that's okay that's a fun got a hot water tank that went bad so as i muscle it out of the basement and then uh, get a new one and throw it back in there and you know i never get everything the first time you could turn it into a uh, vertical hot back. tub as i go back and forth how can we help you sir i had a question for your so my my uh, my son gets out of the Navy this spring, and, and him and his mother have been working on this uh, old house in, in Highland Park right off of Woodward that they want to rehab. And this thing's probably was empty for 10 years, and, uh, you know, it's, it's missing some plumbing, and it needs some electrical work, and it needs a roof, and uh, you probably should have a take a look at it to make sure it's structurally sound, although this thing is solid. It's a beautiful house, and it's solid. Good bones. But, but I think... They're just, yeah, good bones, and they're they're going down there, and and they're just like uh, okay, it's like they're making progress, but I don't know if they have rhyme or reason, or they know what they're doing. Uh, oh, we need electrical. They they got an electrical bid, and they're trying to get a, a plumbing bid and a bid for the roof and things like that. But I don't know, if, you know, like how would I get them direction? Do I hire an architect? Do I hire a, a builder? Do I or a, a rehab guy? I mean, I mean. I think that they're they have good intentions, but I don't know if they have the right project. Uh, if it's if it's beyond their bandwidth. Good question. For the right project really good mentality. I, I tell you what, I'd probably do is call someone like Terry Russell in, uh, home inspector, and have him come take a look at the house, and ask him to write down and make a list of what he thinks is where you should start, where you should finish. Because too many times we see people do something like they'll do the drywall and then realize, oh, we got a, we got piping behind the drywall, electrical behind the drywall. Someone like that who can give you a schedule of what needs to be done would probably I had be a good best friend. Bet. Couples that did that with a house just off one of the lakes in Oakland County years ago, and they were smart. They called me in and we did that. We did a walkthrough. We put a list together, Pat, and, and then they went crazy with it. <laughs> 
they put so much money into it. Is that who you're talking about, Pat? Our buddy Pat? I yeah. don't want to say. <laughs> <laughs> he might be this, listening. <laughs> well, this is zone T. This is zone TOD, which makes it, it's right off of Woodward by McGregor Library. If you're familiar with McGregor Library, that's probably uh, beautiful. You know, part of that and, uh, is it, it might be you know an emotional work, but part of it, of course, should be literally with Terry. What do you pay for the house? What needs to be done to it? What's it going to cost you? What can you sell it for? Or rent it for. Right. Or rent right, it for. Right. Right. And create a specification right. that is based on, in part, dollars and cents. Now, not everybody's in it for the money, but most of us are because we can't, we're not wealthy. Uh, but I think Ken's advice is great. Yeah, yeah. We're, de- we're definitely, okay, Terry Russell. Yeah, we're definitely uh, frugal people and, and not uh, not. You need fluid, to be with but, that kind uh, of project. And, and like, oh, yeah. It's scary yeah, what you can yeah. get into financially. Uh, even have having people pilfer your work, you know, when you leave at the end of the day in, in questionable areas sometimes, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's already happened. But I think the area seems to be coming back. It's a beautiful block, beautiful street, well-kept houses. Uh, my, my wife was born and raised, uh, not raised, but born down there and spent childhood down there, and her dad was a Highland Park firefighter. So, it's you know, it's kind of getting back to the, the roots. Sure. My son wants to move back and live down there. I don't. I don't mind it at all. I just want to make sure he has a safe, comfortable home to live in. Absolutely, absolutely. So. But it starts. It starts at the beginning. Hopefully, before they, you know, before they even purchase it, they put a plan together and had an idea of what everything was going to cost them. But Terry Russell has. Yeah, has, has a, he's, he's a builder as well, so he could definitely help you. And he can help you with budgeting too. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Do you want awesome a number guys. for Terry? I appreciate the tip. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. It's 248-722-4288. Awesome. Yeah, great. I'll reach out to him because this is something I really, really want to work out. And uh, But at the same time, I want to make sure that they don't just do a bunch of stuff and then all of a sudden say, wow, it's not ready to live in. Sounds cool. Sounds like you're on board with it. Please stay in touch with us and let us know how things go. Will do. Will do, guys. Thank you very hey, much thanks, for the call. Chuck. Thanks, Ken. No Good. problem, buddy. We appreciate it. 888-654-GUYS equals 888-654-4897. Interesting question. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, me too. But that stuff has to be done before the before it's even purchased. I mean, whether you're building or renovating. And I got to tell you, right now is a good time to be looking for a place to renovate with these kind of um, interest rates. A lot of people are sitting on properties where they may not be even living there, but no one's buying it. It could be an opportunity to get some good um, owner financing jobs out there. You know, if, if a house is sitting, remember that Chuck years ago, you find a property that's been sitting for a while, you go to the owner and you say, I'll give you what you're asking, but, but I need you to finance it for me for five years. And if someone has a piece of property that's been sitting there, it's paid off, all they're doing is taxes, that's a good deal. It could be a great deal for both. We also see where there's a lot of infill lots. A buddy of mine, well, you know Norm Finkelman uh, with the HVA, but these houses where they bought two lots, 
50 years ago, built yep. a house on one of them, and the other was a side lot for the yard for the kids as yeah. they grew up. But now it's just sitting there needing to be maintained. It's a separate Sidwell number for taxes, and people don't want it anymore. Right, right. That is an excellent lot to go in there and cash out and build a house on. You know, you, you already know the neighborhood. Right. Because you can drive around and see, you know, what's there. Find the tax base. Uh, so those infill lots are a great uh, option for people, too. My son-in-law, I told you, is, is actually looking at one of those to build his own house right oh, now. Oh, okay. And he had uh, Oakland County Health Department out to take a look for a uh, septic. Okay. Right? Was it was that the health department or sewage department there? It would be health, health department. department. That's, yeah. I that's what I thought. The sanitarians at the health department there you go. usually. That's what I thought. And, yeah. you know, it's funny because we don't mean this. I don't mean this in a in a bad way. But, Chuck, I think you can you can understand this. Unfortunately, sometimes there are people making these million-dollar decisions that don't have the experience that they need to have, who aren't making very much money at all. And that's what's very frustrating because I mentioned to you how they wanted him to. He's looking at a lot. He's put an offer on the lot contingent on the perk. Sure, which is typical. Which is typical. And the... Inspector told them they wanted him to have a 3,000-square-foot septic field with a 3,000-backup septic Reserve field. system. That is ridiculous, Chuck. Absolutely so ridiculous. Explain to our, our, what, the, what that means is your leach field, your drain field, is going to occupy 3,000 square feet, and we want you to have in reserve a piece of land equal in size to that just in case this fails and we need a new one. Dumbest thing. Dumbest thing I can think of. That's been happening a lot for a couple decades in some jurisdictions. That has been the dumbest thing for a couple (laughs) decades. I agree. I knew you would. Uh, You know, I'm just trying to think about, hey, you know, we want you to put an extra bathroom in your house that you're not going to use just in case your existing bathroom fails. We ran into that with commercial construction decades ago where they would mandate these huge parking lots just in case you had this particular type of business. No, 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 no. We got, we got tenants. We know what kinds of, yeah, but if you ever get this kind of business, you're going to need an extra 30 spot. Well, those extra 30 spots with a storm drain might cost us half a million dollars back then. Right. Plus the land, you got to have the land. And it's like, you just took a, a deal that was viable, economically viable, that was going to pay taxes to your jurisdiction for the next 40 years and made it something we cannot stupid. do. Just flat out stupid. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, there's technical terms for it, but bottom line, it's stupid to to punish people for what might happen. The septic field, if I have a, if I have a septic field that goes bad, I don't want to rely on one that's been sitting for the last 30 years Growing, you know what? I want to build a brand new one. Well, most of those are evaporative systems anyway, so it, you can go into the existing ground, tear out what's there, and put a new one in. In a few days, if you know what you're doing. I gosh, we're gonna. You push my button. <laughs> we'll continue this conversation. When we get back along with taking your phone calls. Hey, we've got people complaining about humming blower motors, loud ductwork. Yes. Uh, Cold rooms and houses, you've got to have a great professional company do the furnace and air conditioning for that to work right and work well. One of the biggest, best in southeast Michigan, and they have a saying, Ann Arbor East. If you're in Ann Arbor East, then CNC Heating and Air Conditioner can, Conditioning. 
Welcome back, everybody. We appreciate you. Want to remind you during the week, InsideOutsideGuys.com. If you have any questions, concerns, or comments, or you're looking for a contractor, you'll find them at that website. We trust them, and we want to thank uh, Danielle and Dave for all they do back at World Headquarters, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Great we, job. We started this conversation off earlier in the show about the article that we wrote this just a couple days ago, yeah. Economies in Building a House. And what we're hearing from a lot of people who – are getting to be the age where they want to they want to buy a house, but they don't want to pay a seven percent interest rate. What we think of building a house, and we love the idea of building a house. We need more houses. It can be fun. It should be fun. should be fun. It should be a fun. remodel should be fun. I remember Chuck when I after I did my house, and I, I I did everything to it, but I can remember great sense of accomplishment. Oh goodness, yes, yeah. because <sighs> I made a decision years ago. <clears throat> to stop being a kid, okay? When we were older, we start being men, okay? And when I made that decision, within a couple of years, I was building a house, and I was so proud of myself. I was yeah, just so proud of cool. myself. And I can remember mowing the lawn when, after I'd put in the grass, you know, put the topsail down, put the grass down, and stopping my riding lawnmower in front of my house. At that time, I had to be my mid-30s, and just looking at the house, turning it off, just looking at the house going, wow. I grew up in Berkeley, yeah, 11, mile, you, Lord. 11 yeah. mile in Coolidge, <laughs> in a 1,100-square-foot, three-bedroom, one-bathroom, seven people. I never in a million years thought I would get to where I was back then, yeah. let alone where I am today. It's never cool. in a million years. Yeah. It's really cool. It is. Now, a couple things to wrap up the dirt, even though we could go on about dirt, but <laughs> dirt is cheap to move. So one of the things we mentioned in that article is building the house up and using dirt to blend it back into the surrounding soils. You can eliminate a lot of foundation issues, initial cost, so many headaches. so many things yes. by building the house higher, which a lot of people don't do. You know, I did build my higher, but I wish I would have done it one more block higher. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we all run into that, um, and it's great advice. Foundation type. You said you did a, a reinforced block foundation. Mm -hmm. If you did it today, what would your foundation materials be? ICFs. Insulated you call concrete Jimmy Quain? Yeah. Yeah, it would be. I mean, are they more expensive at the start? Yes. But once you're all done, the labor is so much easier. I actually put a two-inch all the way around that basement on the outside. I put a two-inch pink foam at the time, okay. which that basement was wonderful. It was not cold. It was not hot. But if I had to build a whole house today, I would build the entire house out of ICF's forms okay. all the way up to the rough lines. So then you it's could reinforced heat. concrete and EPS styrofoam blocks. You can heat it with a match. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And it's a great product. Uh, gosh, we know a guy that's been in it, I think, since those things were created. Uh, Jimmy Quain that we see at the Novi show all the time. Talk about a working fool and a good family man. Yeah. Uh, great product. I like, uh, I mean, poured concrete came into the industry as, after I got into it, that's how old I am. So we were doing block and then poured concrete, which are awesome. Right, right. I like the, there's a precast poured concrete product out there that from the inside is insulated, has concrete studs. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Has holes drilled through those studs for wire and plumbing. And from the outside is entirely concrete. Monolithic. Uh, they actually make them. Superior Wall is one of the brands yeah. Yeah. Uh, right here in Michigan. And I would probably do that um, 
Which is similar. That's going to have a yeah, uh, very similar yeah, insulation. to what you're, you're going to do. Um, and we would probably build a more conventional wood frame, but we'd be very cautious about some of the other things we talked about in the article with regard to wall density. How many studs do you have in the wall? Because every place you got a stud, you've got a greater opportunity for heat to come in in the summer and heat to leave in the winter. What I was mentioning a little while ago about opportunity to buy property, back in 2012, we were still in the housing crisis. And I had found a lot um, <clears throat> that had been for sale for a long time. And it was a nice lot. I showed you it. We, we took a ride by oh, there. Oh, right. And I, I think they were asking 40000 for it at the time. And I contacted a realtor and I said, look, let's do a one-year land contract. I'll give you 20% down cash. Yeah. I'll give you what you want. Does it have amenities? Does it have uh, natural gas? Yes. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. It was in a subdivision. It was in a subdivision. And it took me one year. I paid him off in a year, zero interest, and the lot was mine. Yeah. <clears throat> in the meantime, my wife had found another house. I was gonna, I actually I got house plans. I was getting ready to build that house when yeah. my wife found the house that we're in now. And I'm so glad she did. I'm so glad. I wound up selling that that uh, lot for a small profit, not a huge profit, but a small profit, and saved me a lot, a lot. Because it is a lot of work. Build, yeah. Building out a new house, even if you're the general contractor and you're the orchestra leader rather than the hands-on person, is still a lot of stress and work. Yeah. Now, there's a different lot. There's a, they want to build, the person I sold that lot to built a house on that lot. Did they? Ugly house. Ugly <laughs> It doesn't belong in that sub at all. Oh, that's funny. But they did it, and um, I'm very glad, very, very happy where I'm at now. I, that's fascinating. So we're going to – we certainly won't have time to go through that entire article. Um, but we do get into something called the um, volume-to-surface ratio. And it has to do with how much exterior skin is that house showing based on how many square feet it encloses. And round shapes are the most efficient, but we're not going to build round houses for the most part, right? Right. right. Even though some people do. So the next thing is a square shape. Perfectly square. Perfectly square. And then a rectangle, which is what most houses are, which is less effective in terms of surface to volume. In other words, it's got more exterior wall for every square foot it encloses, which means you're going to put more windows, you're going to buy more siding, you're going to buy more studs. Great point. Uh Getting people throughout the interior of that makes you build hallways, which are a waste of space. A square will have far, far fewer square footage dedicated to hallways. So it becomes a really fun thing to play with. Yeah. I really hope everyone out here has enjoyed this show because this is what, something you get with the inside-outside guys. We don't stick to one trade, okay? We have, between Chuck and myself, we have 85 years combined in the housing industry, and that's from... The footing, all the way up to the peak of the roof, we've done it all. And you're not going to find that in a lot of shows like ours. And uh, hopefully people appreciate that. Boy, Chuck, we've been doing this so long. A lot of, uh, we've made so many relationships, and we're able to, to um, <clears throat> use those relationships to help our listeners. We'll see a lot of say? people that we know at CAM on Wednesday. Right, right. Yeah, this Wednesday. That's a free show for any contractor, anybody that's conducting business in the industry. It's free. Yeah. This Wednesday morning. Yeah. Um, I think it starts at 10. And, it's uh, just it's a one-day show. Suburban Collection Showplace. Yes. Yep. You can go to the CAM website to get more information. If they charge you to go to get in, call me a liar. <laughs> well, and send Chuck a bill. 
Yes, and Sunnyville <laughs> at Ken's address. <laughs> yep, peace the, the next home show is going to be in early April at the Suburban Connection Showplace with the uh, Home Bill Association. We're yeah, looking forward to that. which will be fun. Yeah, and don't forget, during the week, if you need anything, the InsideOutsideGuys.com are here for you. Not only can you find any kind of housing professional you need, you can ask questions. You can read past articles. They're all up there, right? They're all up There's there. some great coupons if you're going to hire some of our people. Yep, there is a, a, a page where if you're going to hire one of our persons, go get a discount. Why not? So InsideOutsideGuys.com, the Inside Outside Guys on Facebook. Why? Why do, you, because, why do you say that? Because, Chuck, from the roof to the basement, the street to the back fence, if a homeowner needs it, the Inside Outside Guys are here 24-7. Well, happy Super Bowl Sunday to everybody. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and thank you, our listener and Danielle and Dave. We really appreciate you guys. Until next time, bye-bye.